Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Love that. Well, hey, I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited and I'm fired up for what God's going to do today. And I, I hope you came in here expecting God to move because I'm expecting it. And I just want to start out by reading a little scripture. We're in a, a series called Hey Google. And I, I don't know about you, but there's been so many times that I'll Google an answer or I'll try and figure out every other way to find the answer to it instead of going to God. But I just wanted to be a church that we just said, you know what? Hey, Google. Yeah, we would typically go and ask Google, but we're going to go to what God's Word has to say. We're going to be a church that's built on what the Word of God has to say. Come on, somebody, right? Whatever God's Word says, we're going to do it. We're going to believe it. We may not get it right every time, but we're going to preach it every day. We're going to preach it every week. And I just want to challenge all of us to lean into what God is going to speak to us today. A couple of scriptures I just want to start off with. And I'm asking you to stand if you're able, just in honor of God's Word. And I, I'm going to read two separate scriptures by Paul. It's one in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to talk about something today I think a lot of us struggle with, or we know somebody that has struggled with this. And I just want to speak God's word over some stuff in your life. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. All right, this is what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do uh, uh, anything, watch what he says right here. Watch what Paul says. I must not become, what's that next word? A uh, slave, right? Somebody shout slave. I must not become a slave to anything. And I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 3 through 5. And this is one that makes you, I think, it'll make a shout a little bit. Because this right here is a, uh, just a powerful verse. And I believe in the Christian uh, life. This is a powerful verse for you and I. This is what it says. I just ripped a page out of my Bible. Come on, that is not good. But it's going to be a good day. I'm believing it. This is what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, we are human, but watch this. We do not wage war as humans do, right? We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. I want you to understand, we don't use Google to find the questions and the answers to our life. We use the weapons and the things that God provides. So I love that that's what Scripture says. Watch what it says. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. I don't know what you walked in here with, but I'm believing that today by the authority and by the power of God's Word, that there's going to be some strongholds that break in your life. That there's going to be some things that you and I may have been slaves to for years years and years. Addictions that have been in our family, that that's just another thing that happens to be what my last name is by. But I believe today in Jesus' name that hope and healing is going to happen because of what Jesus is going to do in this place. Does anybody else believe that? Come on, can we give him a shout of praise in this place? One more time, I'm going to pray. God, would your Holy Spirit be in this place? We believe that strongholds are going to bow. That slavery has to take a knee to you, King Jesus. And today, we're believing that you're going to speak to us in only the way that you can. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said a good amen, amen, amen. High five three people around you. And tell them today's topic is, hey, how do I overcome addiction? How do I overcome addiction? I know that's a tough one that you got to high five somebody and ask them. But that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm excited about it. I'm fired up about it. I hope you are. I'm really glad.
first of all, that you're in the room. And let me just, uh, just start out by saying, I, I know I said this earlier, and I'm going to hit it a little bit again at the end of the message today. But I just want to challenge all of us. Like, we are about, do y'all realize, like, we've been at church for two and a half years, and we're about to step into, like, a brand new crazy season that I don't know if we're ready for, right? Like, I know I'm not ready for it, but I'm, I'm anticipating it and anxious and excited about it. Uh, but I just want to ask a lot of us, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you maybe towards the end of the sermon today, really to lean into what God is calling you to do. I think for a lot of us, uh, we, may, we may have... Uh, uh, tiptoed a little bit with what God is calling us to do, and I just felt like uh, in my spirit as your pastor, I'm going I'm to call the greatness out of you. I want to call the greatness out of you that I believe that God has put something great on the inside of you, and I'm going to ask you, and I, I'm going I'm to tell you again at the end of the message, but I, I'm going to ask you to commit to one year. If you would commit for one year to doing the things that we're going to ask you to, not just ask you to do, but we believe that that not only are we going to ask you to do it, but we're going to be about it too, but would you commit to being at church? Would you commit to joining on a, a jumping on a serve team? Would you commit to going to next today? Would you do that? Uh, would you jump into a crew? I, I, I'm going to challenge you to do all those things, and I want to encourage you to do that and give it a year. I know that sounds like a long time of our life, but we've uh, wasted a lot of years of our life. Come on, somebody. I have myself, uh, and, and I'm just going to ask you, in a year, if you would just say yes to those things, I believe in one year that your life will look really, really different, and so I just want to challenge all of us. Jump on a serve team. Begin serving. Don't wait till we get in a new facility. Maybe you've been working or, or thinking about jumping on the team. Man, just do that now. Like, like that way when we get into the facility, we can hit the ground running with some great new team members that are ready to go. I just want to encourage all of us. Let's do that. And I believe that God is going to have some crazy good stuff on, on the other side of whatever uh, the next seven weeks looks like. And we'll tell you a little bit more about what that's going to look like in a few weeks uh, because uh, November is going to look really different for us around here. And I can't wait for it. I think you're really going to enjoy it as well. Uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm excited about today, and this is what I know, is that I'm not just waiting, and I don't just believe that God wants us to wait uh, till we get into a new facility before he wants to do something. I believe he wants to do something right now. Anybody else believe that in this place, right? I believe that with all of my heart, and so I want to speak to a thing today that I think a lot of us uh, uh, may know somebody or even have struggled with it in our own lives before, and it's this question that was asked to us, hey, how do I overcome addiction? It's something that I keep going back to over and over and over again. How do I overcome addiction? I think about that. How many of us would say, just really quick, this is all skate, uh, and don't be nervous right now. I, I'm going to ask you, though, how many of us would, would, uh, would raise your hand and say, you know what, I want and I really want to be, I, I want to have a good life, right? I want to have a blessed life. I want to live a blessed life. I want to have a good life. I think all of us, if you didn't raise your hand, you lying, right? We, I think we all want to have a good life. I think we all want to have a blessed life, and I think that we could all agree that, that nobody ever wakes up during the day, right, or in the morning and says, you know what I think I'll do? My life's going great today. Like today, I'm just going to really mess it up, right? I don't think anybody does that, right? Nobody wakes up with that attitude, with that posture, and I think about that. And nobody ever really wakes up with this idea, hmm, I'm really tired of living a blessed life. I'm really tired of living a good life. I think I'm going to go, and I'm going to get addicted to something today, right? I don't think anybody ever says that. I don't think anybody ever says, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be addicted to this. I'm going to be addicted to, to, to smoking, and I, I just can't wait to get lung cancer one day. Or I'm going I'm to go out there, I'm going to drink, and I it may give me liver disease, and I may miss all of my grandkids growing up, but I'm just going to go out there and do that today. Or I'm going to have this sexual addiction that's out there, and, and I might end up losing my marriage. I think I'm going to do that today. I don't think it ever, anybody, let's just be honest, can we be honest in church, right? I don't think anybody ever wakes up like that, right? 
Nobody ever does that, but I think for a lot of us, if we would just be honest, not just even with ourselves, but if we looked around, there's so many people in life that we see, that we recognize, that we know, and some people that may be even really close to us that have made choices, and maybe even ourselves, that we have made choices to become and and do something that becomes a habit. And I think, again, we could all name someone in our life who potentially has wrecked their life uh, because of an addiction. And I want us to understand something, though. What I want to challenge us with is that we're not going to be a church that just says, you know what, you over there, y'all the addicts, right? We're not going to do that. That's not our heart. That's not my heart. Never would be because I believe inside of all of us, And I believe that we should be a church for the addicted. Come on, somebody, right? I think we should be the church for where, hey, you know what? People are searching for answers and that we have the answers. So why don't we do whatever we got to do to get them that answer? Come on, right? That's the goal. And and I think about that. I think, though, we're not ever going to point fingers at people over there and say, oh, look at y'all. Because I think for some or for all of us, to some degree, that we are all addicts of something. And I want you to write this down. This is what Pastor Chris Hodges defines addiction as, and I really liked it, and I wanted to share it with you. Addiction is anything that I do that I don't want to do, but that I can't or I won't stop doing. Okay, I know we feel the spirit of Dr. Seuss in the house. Come on, somebody, right? I write it down, write it down. Addiction is anything that I do that I don't want to do, but that I can't stop doing or I won't stop doing. It's either by I really can't because, man, there's, there's just like this, this trail in my mind of I, I go to that every time and it's really hard for me to quit that or, or I willingly, I don't want to give that up. And I think all of us in some area of our life, we would have to say, you know what, I really think if this thing wasn't there in my life, that my life would be a lot better. I think a lot of us could understand that. I think a lot of us would be able to say um, uh, that for one area of our life. And I don't know what that area might be for you, right? I don't know what that might look like for you. I don't know what that is for me. They're different, I'm sure, but maybe it's anger for you. Maybe, maybe you're addicted to just snapping off and blowing off people and just like just going off on people and everywhere. You're, you're, you're addicted to it. Maybe it's your phone. Come on, somebody, right? I think all of us can, can agree to a certain a level that we're addicted to our phone. Come on, you lose your Bible, you ain't worried about it. But if you lose your phone, you are flipping the house upside down. Anybody else in the room? Come on, I know... I, we all do that, right? It's, it's something that we do, and I, I think about that. What are you addicted to? What is that area of your life? And maybe, again, it's your appearance. Maybe it's work. You're addicted to work, and, and, and you just, man, you get that high from working, and I got to go and go and go and go and go and do and do and do and do and do and, and do all of these things. And, and if I get success or if I, if I actually complete the job, then I'm actually satisfied. You know what? You can become a workaholic. You can become a work addict. Think about that. Foods. Uh, that you become addicted to drugs, uh, prescription painkillers, alcohol, pornography, gambling, video games, shopping. Come on, somebody. That can be an addiction. Some of y'all be like, yep, you look at my bank account. That is an addiction. Amazon is an addiction. Come on, somebody, okay? All right, and, and, and then maybe some of it is tanning, right? Some of y'all been in a tanning bed, you're looking like a leather suitcase. Come on, somebody, all right? You're addicted to it, all right? What happens, though, and it, what it might do is it starts out really small. It starts out as something that may not be bad in itself, but it begins to control our lives. And it begins, what happens is, just like what we read at the beginning of today, is that we become a slave to it. That it becomes a stronghold in our life. Then you know what a stronghold, the word? I just, I mean, it really is that. It has a strong dash hold on you, right? That's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is something that has a strong 
hold on you. And what I love, though, about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't just skirt around these kind of things, right? The Bible speaks directly to these things. The Bible speaks directly uh, to where you and I are struggling, to where we walk through things. And I think about this guy named Paul that we just read a couple of verses from a couple of letters that he had wrote. But Paul devotes an entire chapter in Romans chapter 7 to this idea of really, I'm doing something that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I can't give it up, but I can't stop doing it. And to me, again, it's speaking right to that. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 21, this is what Paul writes to us. I'm reading out of the NLT, and it says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I do what is right, uh, when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. How many of y'all, that's your life verse, all right? Some of y'all husbands are getting elbowed by your wives right now. That's you, you know, you, that's you, right? You want to do good, but you ain't good, baby. You know, like, like that's some of us. All of us struggle with that, though, right? We all walk through that. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Right? I love God's law with all of my heart. He's saying, man, I love God. I love what, what God is doing. I try to do whatever he asked me to do. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power, watch what it says, makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now watch what Paul, Paul wrote 13 books in the New Testament. Paul wrote almost over half of the New Testament. And watch what he says. I don't know if you can ever agree when you're stuck in an addiction, when you're stuck in an area of your life that just seems to be a pattern over and over and over again. That that's the thing that you go back to. And sometimes you realize, oh my gosh, I don't want to do it. And maybe you can feel a lot like what Paul is feeling where he just says, you know what, oh, what a miserable person I am. And if you're anything like me, in my own life there have been addictions along the way. And I've shared this with you guys. And I try to be very honest, open, and transparent with you. And, and try to be honest, open, and transparent with my wife even. And the struggles that I had with pornography growing up. And, and all of these things. And I don't know about you, but man, what happens is you get to a point where, man, you, you feel miserable. Because that's the only thing that you really know to do, and you go back to it over and over and over again, and yet it still doesn't satisfy you like you thought it would, right? And I, I think that there's a lot of us, if we would just be honest in this place, that some of us, a lot of us, all of us, struggle with an area like that, whatever that might be. But again, I love the Bible. I love that, that, that the Bible is going to come at that. And in order to break the chains of addiction in our life, I just believe that we have to understand that there's lies that the enemy is going to feed you, there, there's lies that he's going to just whisper in your ear. Uh, he's going to tell you a little bit. He's going to tweak even the truth a little bit. He's going to take it and twist it to where he uh, can manipulate your mind. And so I think there's some lies that we need to strike down today in Jesus' name. And we got to combat that with the truth of God's word, right? So if you're ready for some addiction to be broken off of you, I want you to take some notes today. I want you to write this down because there's five lies, I believe, that, that the, the lies of addiction, that addiction will tell you these lies. And lies number one, uh, lie number one is this, what I do is who I am. Right, that's lie number one I want you to understand. Lie number one is what I do is who I am. And, and Satan would love to feed you this lie, that what I do is who I am. And, and I think about that, and I think there are some incredible 12-step programs out there that have you declare that you are a certain thing, Right? I think there is some biblical, I think there's some good truth in acknowledging that you have a problem, 100%. I think there's, there's, there is 100, then they're doing incredible things, you know, where you have to go to a meeting, you have to say, okay, I am an alcoholic, I, but, but I want you to understand that for so many of, of people, 
what happens is they begin to internalize that, and they want you to become the thing that you struggle with. And, and again, I'm not completely against that. I think there is some hope and some healing in the fact of admitting that you have a problem. You can't admit a problem that you don't know that you have, right? Or you, can't, you can't heal from a problem that you don't admit that you have. So I think you have to admit the problem, but I want you to, to admit the problem. It's got to be different than internalizing it and making it yourself because this is what I know, and this is what I want you to know, and I want to combat that lie that the enemy tries to tell you with what God has to say because in God's eyes, you are not what you have done, but rather you are how God sees you. And even better, God doesn't see you as how you are right now, but rather who that you can become because of what Jesus has done for you and me in my life. And so I don't want you to internalize that. You know, my daddy's an alcoholic. My granddaddy was an alcoholic. That's just how it's going to be. No, I want you to fight that. You know why? Because I believe there's hope and healing in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, right? That's lie number one that we feed ourselves, that Satan feeds us, that culture feeds us, that I am what I do. I am what I do, and, and, and I think number two, the lie number two that we got to combat, that we got to fight against, that we've got to combat some truth with is this idea that, you know what, I keep messing up, so there's just no hope. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a, in a moment where you feel like, you know what, I keep doing it over and over and over again. I keep messing up over and over and over again, so there's probably not any hope for me. I don't, I don't ever see it changing. I don't ever see it getting better. Some of you, I just believe you showed up today with something on the inside of you that maybe no one even knows about, but you are living a life that is hopeless. You're walking around saying, man, there's no way that God could ever change me. There's nothing that I can do, and what I keep messing up, I keep, I keep doing this over and over and over again, and I just felt on a Sunday, October the 17th, that I needed to remind somebody that came here today that we serve a barrier-breaking God, that we serve the God that can raise dead things back to life, and so you may feel hopeless in your situation, but I believe that with Jesus, all things are possible, that if you're still breathing, there's still hope for you, that if there's still beating in your chest of your heart that God still has a plan for you and that you can be free in Jesus name come on can we give God a shout of praise if we believe that in this place come on do you believe that church give him a shout in this place you are not you are not what you not 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 what you struggle with man Jesus bought that paid for that with his blood on the cross you are not hopeless you're not helpless the next thing that we we start to do in our addiction is this idea this lie that we begin to believe and we begin to kind of honestly we begin to fight anybody that fights us about our addiction right so the lie that we begin to believe you don't like my addiction you know what that means and you don't like me I don't know if you've ever been there if you ever got defensive about the thing that is holding you back I think a lot of us have. I think we all can agree that there's been some times where somebody may confront us and they say, hey, Ma, I, wish, I really wish you wouldn't do this. Right? And they come to you in a posture that's good, that's honoring. Or, hey, man, listen, I feel like you're having a little bit too much of that. And what we begin to do is we begin to say, oh, oh you know what? I, I'm going to defend my actions. I'm going to defend my addictions. Oh, I, it's not an addiction. I could quit if I wanted to. I could quit if I want to. I, it's, it's not a problem that I have. And what the devil begins to do is he begins to get you again to believe this lie. But I just believe again that freedom can never take place in your life with anything that you are defensive about because ultimately you are defending the addiction and not willing to say, God, do whatever you want to do. I want you to know that that's a lie that we buy into. You don't like my addiction, then you don't like me. 
That's not the case. Somebody loves you enough to come to you and say, hey, you know what? I really care about you. I see this in you. I really think that this should be something that we could work towards. Let's do it together, right? Like, like that is not a bad posture to come at you if there's something that you're struggling with in your life. Line number four that we believe, that we buy into, is this idea that I've gone too far. There's no turning back now. That kind of goes along with number two. A little bit, I keep messing up, so there's no hope for me. Number four, I've gone too far. There's no turning back now. And what the devil would love to get you to believe and buy into this idea of your addiction is that it is irreconcilable. And that there's no going back. And you should just keep going. And you should just keep going harder. Because we all know that once that high gets down, once we come down from that buzz or that high or whatever that thing might be that we have an addiction to, we all understand that it doesn't just stay there, right? There, there's an appetite that grows on the inside, that that one thing that used to satisfy you no longer satisfies you. And what happens is for so many of us, I've gone too far, I might as well keep going, or the fact is that there's no turning back now. But again, I just came to remind some of us today that this is a lie from the enemy. Look at me. The Bible declares, just like the prodigal son that ran really, really, really far away from home, but that there is nobody in this room that's under the sound of my voice, watching online, listening on a podcast, that is too far gone for our God. That there is no one that is too far beyond reach. That there is no one that has ran too far for the all-pursuing, all-relentless love of our Father. Because you know what? He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And you are not too far gone. You have an opportunity to turn back right now. And Jesus will be waiting right there with open arms if you're willing to do that. Believe with all of my heart. That's a lie, though, that we believe and we, we buy into. And the fifth lie, I think, that we believe and we begin to, to, to buy into about our addiction is that it helps ease my pain. Right? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you struggle with in your whole life. Man, there's some things maybe that happened to you that this is a coping mechanism that you and I go to because of some hurt that we have deep down inside of us. And I don't want to make light of any of that. Listen, hurt is real. Now, you walk through pain that people did things to you that that should never have happened. But I just want to tell you, we believe in this lie. You know what? You know, smoking that, it helps me forget about everything for a little while. Can we be real in church, okay? Okay, by six of us. All right, can we be real in church? I'm, I'm going to drink that. And listen, man, I'm way looser when I have a few. Right? Oh, I can forget about all the stuff going on. I can forget about this and that. Or I'm going to look at that, and that's going to please my appetite for a little while. It's going to please my, my thoughts and my, my life for a little bit. It's going to ease the pain for a little bit. And that's a lie that we believe and that we, we listen to the devil. It, but, and I want us to understand it's not necessarily relieving the pain as much as it is masking the pain, right? It's not relieving it, it's masking it. It's, it's not relieving it, it may be pacifying it for just a little while. But all of us, we got to understand that that thing, you know what it does? Anything other than God's sin, it leads to death. That's what it does. It may start out small, it may start out little, but I want us to understand that it leads to death. So it, it's not easing your pain it's actually masking it. It's covering up. And I just think about my own struggles in my own life. And again, can we be real in church? Is that okay? Like, it's means yes in Kentucky, right? I, I, I just think for me in my own life, you, you know, there's so many times that I would, I, again, I was addicted to pornography for years of my life. And, and I think about that. And I think about how that hurt Allie and how it hurts our family and 
And I think about all of those things as I was even growing up and, 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 and all of that to, to say this, to say, you know what happened in my life is that shame, it didn't ease the pain, it piled shame on top of shame. Right? That's what ended up happening is shame on top of shame, on top of shame, on top of shame. And I, I look at what Paul has to write when he's talking about doing the wrong things and it piling up in his life. Watch what he says in Romans chapter 7 verse 24. This is the message paraphrase and this is what he says. I've tried everything. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've done that. Get less, guess what? Paul is saying, hey, I've tried everything and watch and nothing helps. Come on, maybe that's where you're at today. Tried it all and nothing is helping me. There's nothing in my life that's helping me. I don't know what it is. Nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? And I think for so many of us, that's where we stop asking Google, right? That's where we stop. We got to stop doing it the way the world might do it. We got to stop doing it the way that. And we got to look at what the next verse says. Because the answer, Paul says, thank God, is that Christ Jesus can and does. Come on, somebody say, Jesus can. Jesus does. Somebody say, Jesus can. Jesus does. I like that. And he acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all of my heart. I got what I mean. I want to serve God. I want to do the things of God in, in my heart and mind. But I'm pulled over by this influence of sin to do something totally different. I think we all can relate where Paul's coming from. I think we all can understand. And again, I love the Bible because, yes, it jumps down to another chapter, but this was all wrote together, right? The next, the very next verse is a reminder to you if you know Jesus. Watch what it says. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there, that you are not what you have done, that there is no condemnation for those that love Jesus, that have Jesus in their life. Again, I want us to be a church that walks that out. I want Purpose Church to be the place that says, okay, it's okay to not be okay, but it's just not okay to stay that way. We can't stay that way. Let's get honest with what we're struggling with, what we're walking through. Let's be a church that pushes each other towards the cross rather than beating each other down and saying, oh, no, no, there's no hope for you. No, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Let's be a church that takes off the mask and realizes that we all mess up that we've all fallen short and realize again, there is no condemnation for those that know Jesus with their whole heart. Does anybody believe that? Can we give him a shout of praise and a hand clap of praise in this place? I love that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, right, there's a little bit of responsibility there because you've got to surrender. You've got to surrender your life. It's because you belong to him. The power of the life-giving spirit has done what? Freed you. You're free. You're free in Jesus' name. You belong to Jesus, you're free. He's freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And I don't know about you, but we find ourselves indulging in those things. What we're doing, we're thinking that those things are going to make us happy, that we're, we, uh, it's going to satisfy us for just a little while. And we can boil it down to one word, and that word is idolatry, Right? That word is idolatry, that's a big churchy word, but really that's just saying that we're searching for something that only God can provide. And as we sang up here just a few minutes ago, king of my heart, Jesus, it's you, right? You know what idolatry is? It's taking Jesus out of his rightful place as king of yours in my heart, and it's putting something else in that place of Jesus. 
That's what idolatry is, which ultimately sometimes can lead to addiction, which can lead to finding and, 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 and getting satisfaction everywhere other than searching for it for, from Jesus, from Christ. And, whether, and, and what happens is we become a slave to whatever is sitting on the throne of our heart. That's what we become. And I just want to challenge that. That, that in itself right there lies the answer to your addiction is that, yeah, you, it's great to go through 12-step programs. I'm all about that. I'm all about partnering with people that can help other people get out of that addiction. But I also want you to know that there's a spiritual side to it, right? There is a, it's something spiritual, and you have no power to, have, to overcome whatever it is that has a stronghold in your life until you have a new king of your heart, until you have a new king of your heart. So you want to know? How do I overcome addiction? I'm going to give you three ways. I'm going to give you three ways. We know the lies. We know the lies of the enemy. We know what, what, what he says about us, what he wants us to believe. But I just think we've got to combat that with what the word of God has to say. And here's the thing. You want to overcome addiction? Number one, you've got to don't keep it a secret. Don't keep it a secret. Listen, I'll just tell you something really fast. It gets dangerous in the darkness. It's dangerous in the darkness. Anything in your life that you're trying to keep hidden in the dark, guess what? Listen, it's holding you back from what God has called you to do. Now think about that. Levi Lusco said it like this, nothing healthy grows in the dark. I think that's so true. Think about what grows in the dark. Think about veggies. Think about fruit. Think about trees. All that stuff. What's it require? It requires sunlight, right? Photosynthesis. Back to the fifth grade science class we go in today, okay? It requires uh, uh, sunshine, it requires that to be taken place. But again, think about what grows in the dark. Mold, fungus, moss, those things thrive in, in, in dark environments. So there's two things I want us to remember. When you're trying to overcome a, a, an addiction, you can't keep it a secret. Number one, the reason why you can't really can't is because it's not going to stay a secret forever. Right, as your mom and my mama used to tell us, listen, your sins will find you out, right? Like, like that stuff will eventually come to light. And I just encourage you, don't keep it a secret. Number two, it's not a secret really anyway. You know why? Because God already knows. God already knows what you're doing in those dark places. God already knows what you're doing when you're alone. God already knows whenever you're doing those things. And, and, and what you're doing is you're, you, every shady place of your life that you're, God knows what's going on. He realizes what is happening. And the only thing that you can do to moss and mold and some other things like that, you gotta, you got to bleach it and you got to expose it, right? Think about black mold inside of a, a place, right? Like you got to bleach it. you got to expose it to some light. you got to stop the, the, the water from getting wherever it might be, right? And I think that's the same way when it comes to addiction in our life, uh, that, that there's got to be some bleaching. You know what bleaching I would just consider that to be? Forgiveness from God. You gotta have some forgiveness from God. Confessing our sins to God is kind of like bleach. And the fact that old song that, that we would sing back in the day, it washes white as snow. Right? That the blood of Jesus, when we confess our sin to God and we say, God, I'm so sorry. I've done this. I keep doing it. I can't seem to figure it out. I confess it to you, God. And then on the other side, where you gotta put some light on it, is the fact that I would encourage you to tell somebody. You gotta tell somebody. James 5 17, it says, Hey, we're gonna find healing if we confess our sins one to another. Again, forgiveness from God, healing, confessing to one another. I encourage you. You know what? What 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 I want to tell you about, don't keep it quiet in just a few minutes. We're gonna have our prayer team 
I, and I'm going to challenge you. We're going to have them up here in the very front of this place. I know we usually push them off to the side, not because of anything. We want to give you some privacy and all of that. But today, I feel like in my spirit, there's somebody that you need to tell about the addiction that you're walking in this room with. And I just want to be a, I want to be a church that you don't walk out the same way that you came in. Let's be a church that reacts and responds to the gospel. I think there's so many of us that, you know, where you can find some more healing is in a crew with some other people. Find it in a crew where you can confess some stuff. Where, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we all got stinky feet. We all got nasty feet. We all got things going on in our life. And it's a place where you can be honest. You can be open. You can be transparent. You can take the mask off and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. You don't have to do it like first time that you show up, right? Like get to the living room, hey guys, just struggling with this, right? You don't have to do that. But maybe it's a side conversation. Maybe it's a relationship that's built. Maybe it's a, a message later on throughout the week, man. I just want to tell you, man, I love coming to crew, but guess what? I got some things going on. Would you mind praying with me? Would you mind praying for me? And watch as you begin to expose it, how God will begin to heal it. I believe that, that that's a way to do that. Number two, you want to overcome addiction? Let me challenge you. I'm going to teach you. For, are you okay with me teaching you for just a second? Watch this. Number two, starve the flesh, feed the spirit. Starve the flesh, feed the spirit. Got it on the screen backwards. Feed the flesh, starve the spirit. Either way, okay? Feed the spirit, starve the flesh. I want you to understand. I'm going to teach you something really quick. You are a three-part being. You are a three-part being. You are a, a, a spirit, a soul, and a body. You need to realize that, that you're a spirit, that you have, a, you have something that's going to live forever, right? There's something on the inside of you that's going to live forever. you got a, you got a soul you got a spirit, a soul. Soul is like your emotions and your, your, your mind and all of that. And you got a body. we got this thing right here, right? That's what we've got. We're, we're a three-part being. I want us to understand that, that, that your spirit really loves God. Right? If you know Jesus, that the spirit side of you really loves God. It's perfect because of what Jesus did. It's why you're going to heaven. He has saved you. He's put a new spirit man on the inside of you. But your soul, your mind, your emotions, your, your own will, and your body, they are, they're, they're always fighting with the spirit. They're fighting those. They're fighting to see who can be number one. They all want to be in charge. They all want to have it uh, together. They all want to be the one calling the shots in your life. And I want to challenge you for just a second that you and I, we have got to begin to starve the flesh, starve our minds sometimes and our emotions and our, our body even. Not starve it. Let me, let me clarify in just a second. And we got to feed the things of God that will feed our spirit. Man, let me teach you for just a second. I think so many of us, the reason why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, let me teach you something really quick, is because that is training our bodies. That's disciplining our bodies to say no to a certain thing. We don't just do that just to do it. Right? We don't just do 21 days of prayer and fasting because Church of the Highlands, that, that, that was like one of the first ark churches uh, like that was ever planted like, because they do it. You know why we do that? Because we're intentional about saying no to the things that, 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 that we, some, that may not be bad, right? Some of those things may not be bad. Social media is not bad. It, it, it can be used for good. Thank God for technology. I'm so grateful for it. But if it has a hold on your life to where it's the first thing you check when you wake up, it's the thing you think about all day long, it's the thing that you're checking. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, but you're on it all the time. Guess what 21 days of prayer and fasting is? It's setting aside time to say, you know what, I'm going to say no to my flesh. 
I'm going to say no to, okay, when I'm, when I'm emotional, you know what I do? I go and I just scroll. I just scroll and I go to that and I just scroll. I'm going to say no to that right now. And I'm going to begin to feed my spirit. I'm going to begin to read some scripture when I want to be on Facebook. I want to read, and I would just encourage you, would you begin to train yourself in that? If you do that, if you begin to build this discipline, you build that muscle where you're starving the flesh, you're starving the, the, the emotional, uh, sometimes even the physical side. You know, chocolate sundae. Ooh, I want that chocolate sundae at Dairy Queen. Come on, somebody with a little peanut butter sauce, okay? That's what it's called, right? That's what I call it, at least let me say that. But what happens is sometimes I have to say no to that, not because necessarily it's a bad thing, but I'm training myself to starve the flesh. I want to feed the spirit. I want to challenge all of us with this idea of something so practical for you is whatever you starve dies, but whatever you feed thrives. We got to learn the art of denying our flesh on a regular basis. Again, that's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting twice a year. I'm not saying don't eat for 21 days, but I am saying even throughout the week, you can say no to something. You just got, let's try it together. Say no on three. One, two, three. That's what you need to tell your flesh sometimes. That's what you need to tell your emotions sometimes. And you need to feed your spirit with the things of God. Feed your spirit with, with God's word and listening to sermons and listening to other people's sermons and listening to uh, worship music as you drive down the road and getting fed and feed on your own. Get, get whatever's coming in your ears. Man, do whatever you got to do to feed the spirit and starve the flesh. I think we got to do that. We got to learn to say no to some things that may be the thing that, that, that may be good. Social media, talk on Sunday, whatever it might be. You got to begin to say no. Romans 5 says it like this. Do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Watch what he says in verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. Right? How do we do that? How can sin no longer be in the driver's seat of, of my body, my soul, and my spirit? How, how can that happen? You give your life to Jesus because when you give your life to Jesus, guess what? You nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross and you crucified them there. That's what Galatians 5.23 says. We got to kill it. We got to starve it because whatever you feed thrives. I would encourage you to start this week. Start this week. Take a day. Do it this week. Begin to starve something that you know may be in between you and God or may not be bad at all, but it's something that you can say no to or you may not be able to say no to. But I begin to work on that discipline now so that when, when temptation comes, man, when, you're, when your body tells you you need to go and do that, you need to go and smoke that, you need to go and drink that, that you've conditioned your flesh, you've conditioned your emotions to say, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to feed the spirit things of my life. Last thing is, and it's the last thing and the most important thing, that's kind of why I put it at the very end, is you got to put God first. You got to put God first. You got to go all in with Jesus. As I told you at the first of the, of the message today, listen, go all in with Jesus. Go all in with some things that we're even asking you to do. I just ask you to commit to, to the things of God, not anything that we necessarily have to have or want. As I, Yes, we want you in cruise. Yes, we would love to, to know that you're there, but it's for you more so than anything. Man, jump on the serve team. Get connected so that way that you can get some honesty. You can be honest with people, but I just encourage you, put God 
first because you're never going to get the best of God going halfway in with God. And you can't go halfway in. Now think about that. Exodus 20, verse 1 through 3 says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must have no other gods but me. God is saying, have nothing in your life that you love more than you love me. That's what God is saying. And so the practical side of it, give God the first of everything. Give God the first of everything. You're doing that today. You're here on the first day of the week. right? You're going to church. You're giving God everything. You're saying, God, I'm going to give you the first. I'm going to give you the first of my week. I'm going to give you the first of my day. I encourage you instead of waking up in the morning and saying, oh, good Lord, it's morning. Come on, some of us do that, right? Just say, Lord, good morning. Thank you for waking me up. And I pray that we have a church full of people. When their feet hit the floor in the morning, that Satan has to run because there's some people that are going to be living on purpose, some people that are putting God first, some people that were dead in their sin, but now they're alive, and guess what? They're awake, and they're doing whatever they can to make much of Jesus. That's what I'm praying for. Let's be a church that puts God first. Come on. Won't you give him a big shout of praise all over this place? And won't you stand to your feet? Won't you stand to your feet with me really quickly? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If you can close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just going to ask you right now, you're maybe in this place. I believe that if you'll do it, if you'll put God first, you'll begin. Listen, the, the greatest thing that you can do is saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. It's the greatest thing that you could do. Jesus died for me. So that, again, when I say yes to him, that there is no condemnation. I'm not who I was. Praise God I'm not who I was. But, man, I have been saved. I've been set free. I've been forgiven. That's the place that you got to start. So maybe you're in here and you need salvation today. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. The Bible tells us that, that we've all sinned, that we've all messed up. But that Jesus came and he died and he lived a life that, that I couldn't live and he died in my spot. And, and, again, I want you to know something, that he loves you. He's passionate about you. That he cares about you. You may be an, an addict in this place, but he wants to set you free. If you would just give your life to him. You never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Today's that day. I believe that all my heart. Maybe you're in here and you need to pray that. Maybe you're watching online and you need to give your life to Jesus. Would you just pray something like this? But I want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to mean it in your heart. Would you say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me. I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. I believe that you died in my spot. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me live for you every single day from this moment forward. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you prayed that. Maybe you said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you did that as well. I just want to tell you, man, that you made the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. Best decision. And just a second, I'm going to ask uh, you to move. That, that we have some people down here at the front today. That we would love to, to just pray with you. Love to celebrate with you. Because it's a big deal. That you just came in this place and you gave your life to Jesus. I love that. I love that so much. And I want to just honor you. I want to honor your, your family. I want to honor your decision. And in just a second, I'm going to ask you to move and come to the front. Our, our serve team is going to move. But I'm going to ask everybody to stay in here for just a second. Because I do, I feel this, this, this message is heavy on me even this week. So I was thinking about you and praying for you. And I just feel that this place needs to be a place of freedom in Jesus' name. And I, I just want to... Today, I, I, I really want to ask, you're in this room, and you say, hey, Dustin, I've got some addiction. I know Jesus. 
But I've walked in here with some addiction. And I'm going to do whatever I can today to walk out of here free from it. I, I, I'm, I've, I've felt shameful. I haven't told anybody. I haven't done any of that. But I, today I'm going to do it. I'm not going to walk out of these doors the same way I came in. I'm going to ask you to do something I've never done in our church. But, man, I'm thankful for today. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit wants to move as only He can. And you're in this place and you say, hey, you know what? I've got an addiction. I've got something I'm struggling with. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to call you out of your seat. And I'm going to ask you to come down here to the front. we got guys and girls up here. So I'd be, be very careful of who you go to. I would just encourage our guys to go to our guys and our girls to go to our girls in this place. And I'm just going to ask you right now. Kyle's going to keep playing for just a second. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. But do not walk out of here the same way that you came in. And if that's you and you say, hey, I need to come down and I need to confess some stuff. I need to just have a brother pray with me. Have a sister pray with me that I'm struggling with this. Would you just come now? I'm going to ask you to come now. Kyle's going to keep playing. Don't, don't stay in your seat and walk out of this place the same. Or don't, don't walk in here and walk, walk in with whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're carrying, whatever you're, you're burdened by. Don't walk out of this place the exact same. Come on, I'm going to give you a few more seconds to move. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Just encourage you guys. Come on, let's stretch our hands towards heaven. Let's just pray together. God, we come to you today. And as our hands are lifted in this place, God, I believe that that message was for one, if not many. And God, maybe somebody watching online that's going to reach out. We would encourage you, if you're watching online, to reach out to to the the page. Man, we would love to follow up with you. If you're struggling with something, we want to be a church that helps carry it. Wants to point you to Jesus and help get some healing in your life as well. And, and God, we just thank you so much for what you've done. God, we thank you that, that we are not what we have done. But we are, if we know Jesus, we are saved, that we are set free, that we are changed, that we are new, that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And today, we will celebrate that. Today, we will, we will honor you. Today, we will be a church that doesn't walk out of these doors the same way that we came in because we're stretching our hands out towards you, laying our, our burdens down, laying our, 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 our things that have been on the thrones of our heart other than you, King Jesus. We're going to lay that down today. I believe that with my heart, God. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that you've saved us, you've set us free, and that we're going to be a church that lives on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose for you, King Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Can we give Jesus five seconds of the loudest praise that we've ever had? Come on, y'all can do better now. We're talking about Jesus. I believe some healing happened in this place today. I believe some hope happened today. And if listen, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus a few minutes ago, I would just ask, our prayer team is going to be over on the walls at the end of the service. If y'all don't mind doing that, that would be awesome, prayer team. Thank you for being so flexible today. And if you're online, uh, man, all you got to do is text the word purpose. But we want to celebrate that decision that you made uh, today to say yes to Jesus. I believe that God is going to do some incredible things in your life after you say yes to Jesus, man. And also just getting real and honest with some people and saying, hey, this is a struggle of my life. I'm going to get real. I'm going to get honest. I believe healing can happen. Believing that with all my heart. How about you high five four people around you? Say, man, I love you. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm here for you. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, really quickly, I'm going to ask our usher team to come forward.
Our usher team's going to make their way forward now. They're going to begin passing our offering containers around. I just want to tell you, uh, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being generous. Again, we would not be able to do this without you. We couldn't do, again, and, and what you'll see in just a few weeks is a lot of this stuff may not be here uh, because we're going to be installing it in our, serve, uh, in, our, in our actual facility. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait. Just, we're going to throw it back a little old school church style. It's going to be great. Can't wait for that. But I'll just tell you again, and we could not do this without you. And I, I just like to teach the tithe to you. When I say give God the first of everything, that also means our finances. And we believe that wholeheartedly. Allie and I would never ask you, this church would never ask you to do something that we're not committed to do ourselves. So we want to be people that are, that are honorable, that say, God, we're going to give you the first of our month. We're going to give you the first of our, 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 what we believe that you're allowing us to earn this month. We're going to put it in your hands and we're going to trust you. Isn't it funny that we could trust God with our salvation, but we can't trust him with our pocketbook? That, that, and I've been there before, but I'm telling you, just, just would you try it? Would you, would you test God? And it's what Malachi chapter 3 says, and see if he doesn't open the floodgates and bless you. It may not be financially, but just watch as he does that. You will, be, you, you, you will never regret giving to God what, what God has given you. I promise you that. You'll never regret it. And so I just encourage you to do that. Maybe you need to do that online. It's how Allie and I give. We give online. It's easy for us. Maybe you're giving in the offering containers. Maybe you can text to give. Whatever it is, it's going to connect people to Jesus and helping people live on purpose. And I believe that all in my heart. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I'm sorry I took you a little, little over today. Uh, man, I just believe that God had a big plan for this service for you and for our friends that were here. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.